Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, puppies and kittens. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. There's a lot of crazy things going on in the world. I hope that you are able to take good care of yourself through it all. And I'm really excited for this week's episode. I'm going to answer a question from Brianna. It's a great question. And then if you stick around for the astrology corner, I'm getting into the Venus retrograde as we're at its tail end. So listen through, my friends. I say listen through. Okay. So Brianna writes me and she says, what if astrology is wrong? Hello. My question comes after a particularly triggering day. I started dating this person and I have so much fear about getting hurt again. I've never experienced a loving, healthy relationship and I feel cursed in this realm of my life. I like this person a lot and I wear my heart on my sleeve. I put myself out there. I've done the healing and the growth work, but I'm worried that they will hurt me as I have been hurt before when everything else seemed seemingly fine. I have a stellium Sagittarius of my sun, Saturn, Mercury, and Uranus, so this is supposed to be a good time for me. And I have a Venus and Mars return coming up in December. I don't know what to believe or who to trust with my heart anymore. My birthday is December 18th of 86, 12.40 p.m. in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So thank you for writing in, Brianna. I love the title of your question, which is, what if astrology is wrong? And also, really, I think so much of your question is really about your love life. So I'm going to answer both parts of your question because I think they're both really important. And the first one is about astrology. You, it seems like, know a fair amount about your chart. You know that you have all these planets in Sagittarius. You've clearly either have studied astrology enough or have read other astrologers write about how Jupiter has entered into Sagittarius. And when Jupiter um, hits your stellium, that's supposed to be good things for you. And also you've, you've mentioned this Venus and Mars return. So there's a couple things. The first thing is, if it hasn't happened yet, it hasn't happened yet. So you're not going to feel any effects of a Venus return before the Venus return occurs, right? So knowing that something good is coming for you is not necessarily going to make you feel chilled today. And that's just, you know, it's something that I think is important with astrology because astrology is really fixated on the future as well as the past. The truth is having peace with the vulnerability of love only happens in the present moment. So we can use the past as a way to learn. We can hope for the future. We can plan for the future as much as we want. But at the end of the day, it's how you relate to your present moment that is where you're going to actually find your peace and your joy. There's a lot I'll say more about that in the context of love in a minute. But what you're saying is kind of based on partial truths about what's happening by transit to your chart right now and what actually is in your chart. So yes, you have a lot of planets in Sagittarius. And if you kind of read a real blanket statement about your chart, what that will say is like, you're lucky, you're positive, everything flows your way. But that's not likely to be your experience because you have Saturn there and because you have Uranus there. And so you are a person who experiences chronic restlessness because you have a sense that there's more. You have a sense that you should be pushing yourself harder, meeting a better person further along in your life. And this restlessness that all that Sagittarius brings often brings along with it a sense of depressiveness. So it's not like clinical depression or anything like that, but it's a depressiveness that comes from having a hard time sitting still in yourself. Yes, Jupiter has just, as of November 8th, entered into the sign of Sagittarius. And when it forms conjunctions to your beautiful stellium, 
it may bring you lovely things. Here's the but. You can you can hear the but coming, right? The but is a. It hasn't happened yet, girl. It's not. It's no work. It hasn't happened at all. We're not even. We're not there at all. And that means you're not going to feel the benefit of it. That's not where you're at now. The other thing is that I don't believe that Jupiter brings luck. It can bring luck. Similarly, I don't believe that Saturn brings misery. It can bring misery. The thing about Jupiter, when it sits on top of a planet, what it does is it expands the energies of that planet. It grows what it touches. And so if you are always expecting the worst and really fearful and maybe verbalizing all of your fears and and feelings to people kind of all the time, Jupiter is going to make that more. It's not necessarily going to make it better. It's going to make it more. And so what you want to be able to know with this Jupiter coming for you is that it's there's nothing bad about this transit, but A, it hasn't happened yet. And B, it's not like you're going to be bestowed with like love and jewels and ponies. It's not what Jupiter does. And so if what you're telling me is in this moment, in this one moment, you've met someone and you like this person and you're terrified, let's deal with the fear because you can't know what's coming next. No amount of talking to psychics and talking to astrologers is going to actually tell you what comes next because you can talk to all the world's best psychics and best astrologers and they can say to you, you're going to be fine. It's going to work out. You're going to be, you're going to be in a healthy long-term relationship. You still have to do the work. You still have to sit with your own issues that make you feel like things are going to fall apart. And that's, that's yours, right? And so this is a period for you where you're on the cusp of these, you know, lovely transits that you've named, but they are not currently happening. What's currently happening is very difficult, my dear friend. It is very difficult. So let me tell you what's actually happening for you right now. And what's been going on for you uh, for over a year is a bunch of Neptune transits. Currently, you have Neptune forming a square to your natal Mercury and your natal Saturn. Both of these transits intensify anxiety, which is not totally divorced from your nature to begin with. You are somebody who definitely like you worry over things. You tend to be quite hyper vigilant. You know, you really want things to be perfect. And so you, you can like future trip and obsess on the past. This period is going to accentuate it by making you fixated on what you don't know and on what you don't understand. Now, the positive potential here is that you find ways of being generous with yourself and identifying, like accepting, identifying, accepting that you have anxiety stuff. And I'm not talking about clinical anxiety. I'm talking about you're anxious, you're overwhelmed, you are having a hard time staying present. If you can accept that, you can start to work with it. Don't seek why. The why isn't super helpful for you at this moment, from my view. It's what can you do practically here and now around the feelings and fears. If you can focus on that, you will get a lot more traction out of this period because that's what you're meant to really be dealing with. And related to that, you have your natal Mercury, Saturn, in the eighth house. And what this means is that you need to learn how to let go. And this is a really powerful period of your life that has come around to help you to see how holding on to your attachment to how things should have gone or should go in the future, that actually just makes you feel like shit. It doesn't actually help you to be more whole. It doesn't help you to show up more. It doesn't help you to get what you want. It makes you feel shitty. So can you let it go? 
I'm not a Buddhist myself, but if ever there was a time to get involved in, you know, meditation or Buddhism, which is really a spiritual practice of not, you know, practicing non-attachment, ooh, that would be so helpful for you in general and certainly right now. In particular, because in your birth chart, you have a Venus-Pluto conjunction intercept the seventh house in Scorpio. And what this means in English is you are not super chill when it comes to love and when it comes to partnership issues. So that's close friendships as well as love relationships. You experience things very intensely. You experience things very intensely. Your feelings are intense. Your compulsions are intense. And so when you say that you've never experienced a loving, healthy relationship, I want to say you are not cursed. You are not cursed. However, you may have a tendency to rush into things emotionally with people before you've determined whether or not they're healthy and appropriate for you. And you are likely to do that out of a fear-based set of compulsions. That is not a curse. That is a predisposition. It often comes from trauma, whether it's inherited or from your own experience. It is absolutely workable. It is something that you can work with. And your lovely Venus return is likely to be a great opportunity for you to do work with that by being loving to yourself, by practicing being present, by practicing gratitude, But my friend, that is not all I'm going to say to you. There's so much more. The so much more is you've been going through Saturn transits this year and they're active as we speak. Saturn has been conjoined to your midheaven and your natal Neptune, and it's been square to your ascendant, which makes you feel lonely and anxious. And like, you're not quite sure where your life is going, but you really need to pull it together. This has been a time where you've been putting a great deal of pressure on yourself and not been sure of how to be with other people. This is not usually super sexy. It's not usually super, you know, flexible time because you're really dealing with what kind of an adult am I choosing to be? And so if you're at the beginning of dating someone and you're trying to be casual and chill, you're it's, you're going to have a hard time. This is going to be difficult for you. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And it doesn't mean you're going to fail. It just means it's hard. So in response to this difficulty, what will you do? This is my advice. Pace yourself. All the Sagittarius plus that Venus Pluto wants to jump in head first before checking to see if there's water in the pool first. Don't do that. Instead, Try to get to know this person slowly. See what happens. Don't be so obsessed with whether or not they like you. Stay present with whether or not you like them. Why do you like them? Are you making assumptions? Are you like coloring things in that are actually just outlines right now? Stay present. And this is not going to be easy for you to do. It's never going to be easy for you to do because it's, you know, all that fire in your chart just wants to move forward quickly. But you absolutely can do it if you pace out the amount of time you spend with this person. I personally have a rule when in the first three months of dating someone, it's not wise to talk to them or text with them more than you would talk with or text your very best friend. That's my general rule. It's something for you to play with because my guess is you have the impulse to go pretty hard with someone at the beginning. But my friend, that is not all. There is more. You also have Neptune, transiting Neptune, sitting on top of Mars and Jupiter. And this is trying to teach you, again, to deepen your spiritual values, to take better and more loving care of yourself, and ultimately through these tools to have healthier, more authentic, 
boundaries. And so wearing your heart on your sleeve, if that's your predisposition, that's your predisposition. However, if you're going to have your heart on your sleeve, I don't encourage you to do that without boundaries because your relationship patterns are yours to figure out and protect. And so I want to encourage you to, yes, put yourself out there, but know the difference between I'm scared and I have evidence right now to show me that there's something wrong. Know the difference between I know what I'm feeling and I know I can express it to this person and I'm going to tell this person every single thing I'm thinking and feeling in all of my past right away. You don't need to reveal everything at all moments. You can actually do this slowly. And I want to encourage you to move slowly because it sounds like you've done a lot of healing and a lot of growth work on yourself. Now's the time for you to get to put it into practice with someone else. And the work we do when we are single on the topic of intimacy and relationships is essential, but it cannot replace the work that we have to do with messy, complicated, unreliable humans. And that's who you want to date. You want to date a complicated human, right? I mean, maybe you want to date a human that's not complicated, but that's not, that's not a human. That doesn't exist. We're all complicated. We're all messy. We all fuck up. That's just part of love. That's part of life. In terms of what to believe, don't believe in astrology. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Don't believe in astrology. It's a tool. Use it when it works. Right now, I would say that maybe you don't have quite enough information to extrapolate something as tender, vulnerable, and scary to you as your love life. If if you want to consult with somebody, fabulous. But I would maybe back off of the astrology for this specific topic. In terms of what to believe, believe in the potential of your life. Believe in your own potential to heal beyond the point that you've gotten to so far, wherever that is. I don't encourage you to believe in a person you just met. I encourage you to be interested in the person you just met, to give them a chance while also giving yourself a chance. Don't put stranger danger cutie in front of you. Put you at the forefront of your own processing, of your own care, and get to know this person. And if they earn their space at your side, fabulous. But if this doesn't work out, it is not evidence that nothing will ever work out for you. And if this doesn't work out, you can grow and learn from it. So again, release your attachment to what you want it to be so that you can actually leave room for what it is. Good, bad, messy, whatever it is. I really hope this helped, Brianna. I hope that you, I hope that you try. That's all. I don't, I don't hope it works. I don't hope it doesn't work. All you need is to be open and to receive whatever is true. I wish you happiness and I wish you love. My beloveds, welcome back to the Astrology Corner. I want to talk to you about so much stuff. Man, I got so much to say today. There's a lot going on in the world. But for today, I want to acknowledge that Venus retrograde is almost over. In fact, it's over on the 16th. And on that same day or within several hours of it, Mercury goes retrograde. And we'll talk about that transition in a moment. But I did drop a Venus retrograde episode. It was episode 14. If you haven't listened to it yet, please do because it's a really powerful thing to consider all of the themes that Venus governs, which are related to money and your values and love and beauty and so much else. There's a lot to consider and whether or not Venus is retrograde, it's always good to look within. And retrogrades are always a time to review 
reassess and realign yourself with whatever it is that you need to realign yourself with. But you don't have to wait until retrograde comes. You can do it at any old time. Do it at any old time. Now, I want to talk to you about a couple things around that Venus retrograde that I didn't really touch on in episode 14. One is your exes. When Venus retrograde occurs, we can often encounter people from the past. And these are people that we love. So it could be old friends. It could be old colleagues. It could be lovers or ex-partners. And the thing about this that is really important for me to acknowledge is that forgiveness is a beautiful thing. Being able to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you made in past relationships being able to forgive others for them being shitty or just not good enough or making mistakes or whatever it is, this is a really healthy thing. But let me clarify something. Forgiveness is not something that you need to engage with someone else about in order to achieve. Forgiveness does not mean letting someone back into your life. Letting an ex back into your life is only wise if you see clear evidence of change of the very things that were the problem the first round. There's this thing that I've encountered in my practice where people come in and they tell me that they want closure and they want to forgive someone, but they have to talk to that person in order to achieve that. And I really am very suspicious of that because forgiveness is the act of accepting that what happened happened and allowing yourself to release your attachment to it. It is not saying we're cool now. Where cool now comes from something else. It comes from both parties have changed in such a way that we can move forward and be cool together. Make sure that you understand that your choices in relationship are a reflection on you and what you value. So you can focus on what they said or they did. You can focus on what transits are happening in their chart or what it's like to be a Scorpio because I keep on dating these Scorpios. You can do all that, but you're going to stay stuck if you do that. The only way to unstick yourself is to look at your own choices, to look at your own patterns, and to be willing to make real change based on that information. But in order to do that, you must start with acceptance, must start with acceptance. And you know, one of my favorite Venus jokes uh, is, I'm a people pleaser. Is that okay? When you need someone else to give you permission to exist, to take up space, then you are not in the healthiest, most embodied place of Venus. There's a massive difference between niceness and kindness, and Venus governs both of those things. And the difference is authenticity. You can be nice and lie to someone's face. You can be nice and never tell someone how you actually feel. You can be nice and be screwing someone. Kindness You can't. You can't do all those things. Kindness is not always nice. Kindness is sometimes saying, you know what? I don't have feelings for you anymore and I'm going to let you go. Kindness is sometimes saying, I wish I could forgive you, but I can't and I don't want to torture you or myself. Kindness is not always nice, but it is preferable. Almost always. Not always, but almost always. These are things for you to really review at the tail end of this Venus retrograde. It's like I said, shifting out, but we have Uranus in Taurus and Taurus is a sign that is ruled by Venus. And so we have these like continued themes that will be playing out over the next several years. Now I should say at this exact moment, Uranus is doing its final retrograde through Aries, but this is something that is happening 
in the big picture over the next several years and something the Uranus part I will unpack in another episode. But this theme of who we value, how we value, this theme of autonomy within relationships, and the difference between niceness and kindness will prevail over the next several years and not just over this, you know, Venus retrograde period, which brings me to another thing that has been really, I think, highlighted within this Venus retrograde, but will continue over the next many years to be an important topic. In the last Venus retrograde episode, I did talk a lot about female issues, female issues. Some people hate the word female. I'm sorry. I love the word female. So talked a lot about female issues, but let's take a moment to acknowledge gender, my friends. What is gender? It is really a construct. It's also really a thing. It's both. Paradox is real. It's real. So there is such a thing as night and there's such a thing as day, right? But there are many hours within a 24-hour cycle and within all of those hours are different stages of night and different stages of day. It's not just midnight and noon. There's many hours in between. And I would contend the same thing is true of gender. Absolutely, some people are highly identified with binary gender and it really works for them. And for those people, I say, lucky you, because society was really written for you, but for everyone else, not so much, but that's changing, isn't it? Gender is a spectrum. And I say this as a person who thinks about the world and is feminist, but I also say this as an astrologer, because if you look at astrology books, especially all astrology books that weren't written in the past several couple few years, you're going to see like an Aries man is this and an Aries woman is that. And that, my friends, is bullshit. Now, I say that it's bullshit and I will fight with anyone who wants to fight me on this. I'm okay with that because for sure some astrologers will strongly disagree with me on this. The reason why we see women and men as embodying different aspects of archetypes or signs or planets is not because it's true. It's because of society. It's because of what we're allowed to express externally. It's because of years of systematic oppression, repression, and conditioning. This idea of the Aries man is this and the Aries woman is that ignores so many humans who do not fit in to the binary of gender. They're not boy or girl. They are, there's many genders in between. It also ignores that gender is often cyclical. And so you may have a period of your life where you're really embodying a lot of really masculine traits. And then another period where you're embodying a lot of feminine traits. In fact, I would contend that within a day, most of us are embodying multiple traits all the damn time. What we are meant to strive towards is wholeness. And that is emotional and it is mental and it is all the things, but it is also around gender. It is also around gender. And for different people, that's going to look and feel different ways. But until we are able and willing to uphold the complexity of gender and to not force anyone to align themselves with gender in any particular way, we're not actually achieving wholeness. Being transgender, being gender queer or gender non-conforming, these are all very real gender identities and they're all really wonderful. And my projection is that we will have a kind of expansion of our ideas about gender. And within that, we will have the opportunity, each and every one of us, queer people and straight people, to embody our gender in more whole and complex ways. And I do really believe that gender queer and transgender people 
are leading the way for that. They are showing us and teaching us how we can relate to gender differently and embody our gender in more whole and complex ways. Because really, the reason why binary gender is so effective in society, and and you see it across society lines, is because patriarchy. It's just because patriarchy. As we try to dismantle the repressive components of patriarchal system, we cannot help but dismantle the limiting gender roles that are associated with that. And I would say limiting gender roles for women and men, as well, of course, for everybody who is neither or something more. To go through the process of transitioning gender, whether it's from one binary gender to another or from one assumed binary gender to any kind of myriad of gender identities and experiences in between is such a deep process. It is. It requires going through not just identity politics. It requires checking in with the self spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. It is so deep. And it requires our respect as a society to be willing to work through all your layers to embody your truth, especially knowing that you may be persecuted for it. It's not a joke, right? There's the murder rates for trans people are insanely high, especially for trans women, especially for trans women of color. And when I'm talking about trans issues, I'm talking about class and I'm talking about race because trans people are of all religions, all class backgrounds, all races, all nationalities. It's cross-cultural. It's not exclusive to one demographic of people. Trans people and gender variant people have a lot to teach cis people about the spiritual journey towards wholeness. If you are cis and you don't have a lot of trans people in your life or any trans people that you're aware of in your life, because not all trans people are out, it's a great topic to educate yourself on, to understand people who are different from you, but also to better understand yourself. The more that we are able to embody the fullness of our gender identity and to embody all the fractions of light that happen throughout the day, throughout the night. The more that we are able to do this, the more whole we are. And that is a kindness to ourselves. That is a kindness to future generations. Fuck the niceness, my friends. I say fuck it. Okay, that's my Venus retrograde rant for you. There's more. Of course, there's more. So on the uh, 16th, as I said, Venus retrograde comes to its close, but also Mercury goes retrograde. We go from this, this transition, you know, the last 40 or so days of Venus retrograde, then Mercury goes retrograde. And there's there's two major points I want to make about this. One is Mercury retrograde. You've probably heard me talk about this before. Don't panic. It's annoying. Mercury retrogrades in general are a time to review our plans, to do some good journaling, to to really reflect on our attitudes, our beliefs, and our plans. This is not a great time to make new plans. It's a great time to reassess our plans because retrogrades want us to look within. And so the great thing about this transition from one retrograde to another is that we can do the inner work to unpack and make sense of for ourselves what's been going on in ourselves, in our lives, in the world at large, and the place we want to hold with it. This is a great time to change your mind, to let what you've learned over the past couple of months influence your beliefs and attitudes, and to be willing to realign them. 
right? So this is on a spiritual level, fucking fantastic. This is great news because it's really going to point us in a direction that we need to go on a technical level. It's a little annoying because this particular Mercury retrograde is, is bound to be, well, it's going to cause a bit of a kerfuffle. We're going to have a sense of overwhelm and confusion. Plans always get messed up during Mercury retrogrades. It's a thing. It's just a thing. You got to work with it. The way I like to relate to Mercury retrograde is this. Triple check your plans. When people misunderstand you, when mishaps happen, if you understand that Mercury is retrograde, then you don't need to take it personally and you don't need to make it worse by stressing yourself out. Just plan on things being a little messy. That's all. And if you can do that, then you can kind of ease your way. In my private practice, every Mercury retrograde, somebody shows up for an appointment they don't have. Somebody forgets about an appointment. We have some sort of weird scheduling mishap. It's just what happens. And if I know that Mercury is retrograde, then I can be chill about it. And you know, chill is not my middle name. So when I say I can be chill about something, it takes a lot of effort and reminding myself. So do make that effort and remind yourself. So Mercury retrograde, it's not going to be a long one. It's only until December 6th. 2018. It's a nice quickie. So don't worry, just plan, just plan and take advantage of this period. Okay. Take advantage of it to the best of your ability, my loves, because there's no downside in leveraging astrology. There's no downside. A little bit more for your horoscope this week. On the 11th of November, we have a sun sextile to Pluto. And this is a really beautiful transit because it is strengthening. It is fortifying. This is a period where you can cope with things. And so if there's some sort of psychological or physical health kick that you're trying to start off, this is a great time to do it. It's also a great time to do any kind of self-reflection or self-inquiry that you've been feeling called to. This transit can bring about reform. But with sextiles, nothing happens unless you make it happen. So make it happen, puppies. Make it happen. On the 15th, Mars moves into Pisces. And Mars is what we do, right? It's ambition and it's, you know, uh, uh, it's the planet of fighting and fornicating. It's, it's the things that we do. It's we push ourselves forward with Mars. And Pisces is really about empathy and really about sensitivity and being sensitized to the world around it. And so the good part of this is this transit can help to support us and having more empathy and valuing the spiritual component or the kind of community-based component of whatever it is that we're going through. This is on the negative a time where you might feel a little more anxious, where you might feel a little more confused or overwhelmed. And so use your self-care tools. Use your self-care tools. Because if you move through the world collecting data, collecting data, collecting data, but never actually putting those things into practice when you need them, then it's not spiritual. It's psychological. I'm not trying to shit on psychology when I say that. I'm really pro-psychology. It is a mistake that people make with spirituality is that it's ideas that are not put into practice and held and embodied, but that's what spirituality requires. Thoughts and prayers without action are not true spirituality in my view. So make this period one in which you embody the spiritual principles that you hold dear. And for me personally, spiritual principles and social justice are interwoven. They cannot be separated. And if you have questions about it, please at me, send me questions. I'd be happy to talk about this further. It's something I'm very passionate about. But anyways, leverage this energy. This energy kicks off with a Mars sextile to Uranus. This is a time around the 15th where you can start something new. 
So please do. But keep in mind with these retrogrades that there's something new. It needs to be connected to what you believe in. It needs to be connected to your heart and your spirituality. Otherwise, it might be hard to sustain. My friends, my loves, thank you for joining me for another week of Ghost of a Podcast. I love doing this podcast. I love getting to connect with you. I just, I thank you for being a part of this. I really do. If you like what you are hearing, you can become a supporter on Patreon. I started a Patreon account. It's, I don't know, it's like Patreon Jessica Lignato. You can find it. I'm doing a bad job of this, but you get the point. You can go to Patreon. You can become a supporter of the podcast and of my horoscopes and all that kind of good stuff. Also, you can rate my podcast on whatever platform you are listening to it on. That makes a huge difference for me. It means so much to me. And when I read the reviews that people write of the podcast, I'm not going to lie to you. I cry. It really means so. I can't. I can't tell you. I'm not the most sentimental person in the world, but man, does it touch my heart. It really does. So thank you for all your support. And please continue to support the podcast by reviewing and sharing and all the things that people do. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Have a good one. Every year they say the end is near.